Hello, everyone. Well, episode three of The Bachelor took us to places that we really didn't want to go, and some guy in Austin and I break down a few of the details, and we skip right past others. Of the topics we do discuss, we ask the questions, what is Sarah's deal, and is she coming back? Is Serena P. a front runner, or is she too much of a fetus to truly appreciate the purpose of the show? Could Ashley eyelashes not find any other pants to wear? on that date. Terrible. And how many of these women ride erotica as a side job? We also recall the tale of the glorious time we both met our host Chris Harrison when he was signing his book in Austin. It was the best day. He smelled of worn leather, three fingers of honey bourbon, and adventure. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 198 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay. I'm here with some guy in Austin. And we have a whole lot of nothing to talk about for Matt James's third episode of his journey to find love. It's a whole lot of nothing, but the nothing we have is pretty big. That didn't make sense, but you know what I mean. We have like two big things happening and then a bunch of nothing in two hours. But the two big things are very entertaining. Yes, without a doubt. Without I think that um, the other thing, I don't know if, if we've got two big things, um, but I also wanted to talk about... Um, the other big thing, mm-hmm. I'm sure this all ties into our friend Sarah, but um, from the rags to riches story of our friend Katie mm-hmm. um, showing up night one mm-hmm. with a very large pavelka. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now the the sage, the voice of reason, yeah. <laughs> uh, the best friend to a, a, a crying woman in need. I mean, she, go. it's a complete 180. It so. is. It's a Cinderella story, if you will. <laughs> Except the glass slipper is uh, a different object. (laughs) I want to talk about Sarah first. Let me remind everybody. He's known her for, I don't know, three times maybe he's met her in his life. And I believe Matt James is solid into Sarah. Probably if we were looking at the facts we have right now, I would say Sarah's in first place. Wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. I mean, he jumped on top of her the second he saw her, literally jumped (laughs) on top of her the second he saw her. Um, I, I was afraid for a moment that he was going to go all Claire. I mean, and just Mm -hmm. take the right turn, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, he was probably cautioned against that. I'm sure he was. He, they, somebody waved a, um, contract in his face and said, here, you wrote this in blood. You can't do that. But Sarah, when we last left Sarah, Last week, she had a a big one-on-one date where they flew in the plane, and then she told him about her dad and ALS, and they really bonded, and they made out in the hot tub. And then at the end of last week's episode, we see Sarah kind of falling elegantly off the top of the stanchion and then saying, oh, I can't breathe, and I'm seeing stars. This episode, we pick up on that, and and she is rushed outside, but Matt follows her, Mm -hmm. and allegedly they're out there for a very long time of him making sure she feels okay and can you breathe and here's some orange juice to where the other girls are kind of 
ticked because yep. he's only giving out half the roses and, and she you, already you has could, a rose and blah. you could see the jealousy dripping off of them but when he took off his jacket and wrapped it around her shoulders mm. i thought heads were going to explode oh yes it was it, there's a lot of matt james doing things for her that I believe he should not be doing. Okay, she sort of fell off. She didn't really faint. She hurt. She just said it. And then he puts the jacket around her. I mean, that's fine. You're being chivalrous. You're being a gentleman, making sure she's okay. The next day is the group date, which we'll talk about at the end. And Sarah's not invited on that one. And so already, again, this is week three. Sarah starts to use that language of... It's really hard for me to know that he's with these other women. It's hard for me to think about him being with these girls and it's hard. So she's already saying that. I don't believe we've yeah. heard that this early in the game. Do you remember? No, no she's clearly she's clearly um, not good with isolation. I thought two things yeah. about her situation. One was um, I thought about the space program. <laughs> um, you know how they like put an astronaut in a soundless, lightless isolation space no, for hours at a time. I yeah, did so, not know that. So in the in the um yeah astronauts they they literally put them in a dark small oh. room that is you can't hear any sound mm. for hours at a time to see if they'll freak out because Man. that's what space could potentially be like if you know the power goes out or whatever. And uh, they have to pass that test in order to be an astronaut and I thought well Sarah wouldn't do good at that. She can't be an astronaut. <laughs> She can't a. Yeah, a. <laughs> and then I thought about the movie Titanic. Now, I wasn't thinking about Rose and Jack, but I thought about, remember when it hits the iceberg uh-huh. and uh, they go down, they pan down into the engine room? Yes. And uh, small but uh, very um, uh, robust uh, streams of water are starting to seek into the ship mm. and flood the engine room mm-hmm. until eventually bursts and it all fills. That, to me, was the inside of Sarah's brain. Ooh. It was just sort of anxiety creeping in, creeping gotcha. in, and eventually kaboom. Gotcha. So this, you think, might be a whole lot of different things with the isolation, with being away from her family, with it being COVID, with it being this actual yeah. thing she's going through, which is hard. I, I think, now look, I was, you know, I was on a group text and people were like, she's so manipulative. And I didn't feel that way. I felt like it was sincere. I, I thought she was a freaking mess. And the, you know, look, I, I think we'll get to this, but I think she's coming back. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's going anywhere. In fact, if Bennett can lurk amongst the Bougainvilleas after his, <laughs> uh, you know, deal with Tasha, then certainly Sarah. Um, will lurk be, among the goats and the yeah, donkeys. We'll be taken somewhere amongst the foliage yeah. to uh, stay secure until she's ready to make her entrance back. Here, you want my prediction on that? Yes. Um, I think she comes back, and of course, you know the girls are going to hate her and mm. blah blah blah. Um, but I think that she's going to say that she talked to her dad mm-hmm. and told him all about Matt James, uh, and he she saw light in his eyes for the first time in a long time, and he encouraged her to go yeah. back. Yeah. Be brave and find love. Yeah. And so I think that's the storyline. I'm not for certain about that, but I think that's what's going to happen. Well, the reason why, whenever you bring up manipulation, the reason why that word was used was because during this group date that Sarah was not invited to, she crashes, as one typically tends to do, the after party. 
And she comes in, to quote Katie, looking cute, but not dressed up. Um, <laughs> so she wasn't that was in the her. Just question when one of the girls goes, What was she wearing? I know. Was she dressed up? And she looked cute, but she wasn't dressed up. <laughs> and she interrupts Katie. Remember, Katie had the pavelka. So she interrupts mm-hmm. Katie. And we had had this big, Katie was excited to get some alone time. And she hadn't really had any yet. She was looking forward to this party. Here comes Sarah. Matt James. And, and Sarah says, can I steal him away for a minute? And Katie says, no. And Matt James says, hold on. And he goes with, or he, or, or Katie leaves. And then they talk, talk, talk. And, and in a nutshell, Sarah's just saying, I don't know if this is for me. I can't handle it. It's too emotional. And Matt James is saying, no, no, no. You, sh- I, you need to, yeah, stay in there, hang in there, do whatever. And here comes Katie back. And she said, okay, it's been five minutes. And yep. they say, could we have two more? <laughs> And then she just goes and stands at the door, which I thought was pretty bold of Katie, because to me, that's also sending a message to Matt James saying, dude, this girl is is not following the rules. And then she comes and sits on the couch with them. And then Matt James walks her out. And Mm -hmm. that's where I think, Matt, you need to calm down. Because Katie knew immediately from conversations later that Matt James is really into her. He's Matt, he's a very considerate guy. He is very considerate. And so I think that that pulls at his heartstrings, but he also look he he did make an effort. He said, you know, after he um jumped on top of her in her bed alone and spent an inerrant uh, amount of time in an inordinate amount of time mm-hmm. um while uh cute, pretty Serena was waiting to, for her date. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I would have tended to anybody in that emotional state, you know, and I kind of half believed him, but I thought it was nice to throw that in there and say, yeah. okay. Um, but, uh, did you think her coming back to a put out? Look, it's like walking into the freaking lion's ca- cage, you know, Den. Hold, holding meat, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but she was like, um, I'm really sorry. I just wanted to address it right now. And I thought the response was frankly rude i thought it was it was a lot it was a lot they could have just gone okay look we appreciate it we're still mad at you but thanks for thanks for saying sorry Mm -hmm. now go well and if you remember it it was she she had some words with katie and victoria after the party of course victoria is Mm. all in that then the next day whenever it comes time for the group date, the next group date to be announced, which Sarah will be a part of, they get very upset because she's just been, like you say, isolating in her room. She hasn't talked to anybody. She doesn't come out. She doesn't engage in any way. And so this is the first time they're hearing about, or they're able to talk to her about what she did the night before. And like you say, she's saying, well, I'm sorry. And I really had stuff on my heart and I needed to say right then. And they're Asking very good questions, like, why couldn't you have done it at another time? Why did it have to be right then during our date? And why is it that you're not even, I mean, if you don't want to be here, leave. And so she she takes a lot, and then Victoria is unleashed. And she's just... She's a, she's, she's just a mean spirited. She's just mean spirited. She's yeah. there there to shake it up. She knows that's her job. She knows she's there for the one liners. She knows she's there to be funny. And if you notice 
if you notice, the girls are not stacked up against Victoria anymore because I think that they get a kick out of her. They are entertained by her at this point. Unless they're on the other end of her crosshairs, then that's a bad thing. But yeah. right now, it was Marilyn who didn't get a rose. She's gone. And now it's Sarah. And everybody's kind of like, yeah, sicker, Victoria. Get her. I know. Um, Victoria, I, I just, yeah, you're right. She's, she's saying things to be intentionally provocative. We discussed this last week. We think that she's been put up to it, that mm-hmm. she's not. You know, she was cast out of uh, a different mold than the other ones. But I just, you know, when when Katie came in the room when Sarah was crying, she said, I didn't like that. After yeah. all the women just ganged up on her, I, it was hard to watch. Yeah. And I thought, you know, why don't you speak up in there? Why don't you stick up for somebody yeah. like that? I personally, and I don't know, I'm not wired that way. I couldn't watch, even, even if it was the worst enemy that if I had like that, putting someone in that situation where you're just being berated uh, and harangued while you're already upset. I, that's something that was uncomfortable for me to watch. And I thought mm-hmm. it was nice if, uh, what's her name to go in there and, and, uh, kind of smooth it over. But yeah. Sarah's a mess. She's clearly got more going on emotionally than, than, um, this show, yeah. I think. And we know well, some of what that is. There were right. And there were back and forth. It was very back and forth to me because I did feel like every time you turn around, Matt James is going to Sarah. Like you said, during Serena's date, he gets there and he asks, where's Sarah? And they're very quick to say, oh, she's never with us. She never comes down. She always stays in her room. And that should have, they're thinking that's a sign of Matt James that she's not a part of the household and she doesn't like girls. And he is an, okay, give me five minutes. And I, I yep. thought that was rude. So he goes and that's when he jumps on her. Like you said, he, she gets a lot of time at that point. So so her behavior yeah. is being rewarded. And he poured his heart out he too. Like, totally you know, did. I'm totally into you. I really yes. want you here. Yes. Um, so I'm she not stays. To have a fake internet relationship with you, right. like like Tasha, but I'm right. still willing to have you here. Hey, by the way, did you did, did, are you uh, in the know with the rumors? No. That Dale and Claire have broken up. No, what? Huh? Yeah, there's a story. Um, Come on. Yeah, there was a bunch of stories where people, and I don't know how people have the time to do this, but um, <laughs> somebody sent it in my group texts, my bachelor text last night. Um, that uh, the story is the people who have been monitoring Claire and uh, Dale's social media have noticed that Claire has unfollowed <gasps> Dale's cousin oh, no. uh, shortly after they went to visit him and posted a picture on the Instagram. No. And so the theory is that there was some sort of meltdown. And now uh, Claire posted a very sad uh, image of something about her mother and um, how her mother's still able, able to comfort her in spite of her dementia. <gasps> And the picture has her, quote, intentionally concealing her ring finger. Oh, no. Yes. And Dale posted a cryptic post that said something like sad day or something. So the theory is. What? Yeah. Trouble in paradise after 12 days of pure bliss (laughs) and engagement. (laughs) Things are starting to to crack in the engine room, as it were. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack this uh, episode. I thought that was so well. That is brand new information. Shocking! You heard it here first. I think if you just put Dale and Claire breakup, you'll get all the information. (laughs) Your your heart's content. Oh, good. Well, like you say, at the end, after Sarah's attacked by all the girls for being horrible. Katie is the right word. It is. Yes, it wasn't like they were reasoning with her. No, no, no. Super. And it and it slowly 
it's so it, it gained speed as the conversation went on and it and it ended in attack because of course you know victoria says where have you been we've been worried about you <laughs> I was like, right like, yeah that's how right. she started yeah. like and, even the ethiopian girl who hasn't i mean she's yeah. like super nice and she was yeah. mean yeah mj mj had a <laughs> MJ, lot to say about yeah. it too mj didn't couldn't talk to her because she needed to cool off yeah she wasn't uh, okay with that uh-uh. but Katie goes and finds Sarah, and Sarah's crying. And Katie, again, the bigger person, she's the one. Sarah interrupted her date during the cocktail party, and she's saying, she she's very honest, and she said, you know, you could have taken a time away from me. What if I don't get a rose because you took away my time? Then Sarah says, I think I'm going to leave. And Katie just let her talk, and it came out that her dad has ALS, and they don't know if he has weeks to live or months to live or a year to live. And slowly Katie starts breaking down. And we learn that Katie's father passed away. And she said, I didn't get to say goodbye. So I would encourage you to go to your dad. Yeah. In a, in a very genuine, nice way. She wasn't saying get out of here. But she yeah. was she was there was a moment between them. And then that's when Katie went back to the group and she said, y'all, let's keep it classy. No, because that, yeah, we yeah, don't we know don't each know. other's stories. Yeah. And I thought... Um, you know, maybe that well, I don't know. With the room, I try to think of myself at the age of twenty-two to twenty-five, yeah. and um, I, I, even though I'm a, I've always been sort of an empathetic, sympathetic, compassionate person. Um, I was probably a jerk mm. um, back then, so I, I'll give them a little bit of leeway. But I thought it was sincere what Katie did, and you could see that when she mentioned her dad, that you you automatically saw her eyes tear up. I yep. don't think you know you can fake that. No. Nope. Um, you know, unless you're Tierra falling down the stairs in the mansion, but <laughs> that's a whole different episode. <laughs> um, but I thought that Sarah, I, I was a little surprised that um, she was still so emotionally wrecked after that little meeting. That would have seemed to me like that would give her a little pickup, you know, pick me up and like, mm-hmm. thank you so much. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she still sat in the room and, you know, Cried. moped. I... But I think here's the bigger concern though too, like, I was telling this to miss some guy. If if you see that and you're um, what's his name Matt James. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're <laughs> Matt James. Dale. I'm Matt like, James. No, Dale's not here. Um, Dale, maybe Dale shows up. Who knows? How, he uh, could. You never know. <laughs> um, casting options are limited with mm-hmm. the COVID. So, but but anyway, um, I thought well, if you see her like that handling this situation like that, it, your mind has to think well. We're gonna have far bigger challenges in our lives together. Do I really want to manage this for the entirety of a relationship? And that may sound selfish, but it is indicative of, I think, deeper problems, right? Mm-hmm. 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 I think that I I fully believed though. I wouldn't say that she's manipulative because I do think she misses her family and she is her dad's full time caregiver. But I would have thought with Matt James in that last scene where she comes up to him and she says that I'm leaving, I I thought, and I wasn't the only one, oh, he's going to turn this around. She's going to stay. And she didn't. And so then my next thought was, oh, she's coming back for sure. And your theory of her dad giving her permission and blessing and to go find love is, is something to think about. We also have Serena P., who landed the one-on-one date this week. There are two group dates, one one-on-one date. She landed it. Of course, she had to wait however long, an hour and a half, for Matt James to go coddle Sarah before they got to go. Yeah, how but, long do you think that was? Oh, was, I, I think it was it an hour. Be, yeah, I mean, it had to be because they, they had several camera angles. And mm-hmm. um, you could even see, like, um, one time 
after he jumped on her. Yeah. <laughs> like where they were sitting and the blankets were different. I thought, oh, there's an edit, you know. Oh and yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah. And that, you know, it was on purpose too. Let's stay here as long as we can to get the others down there riled up. However, I will say Serena, who Serena P, who is twenty two, let's keep that in mind. I thought she handled herself beautifully. I thought she was able to shake that off and not worry about what had just happened. And I thought Victoria gave her a great send-off saying, it's Serena P's day. Y'all have fun. You know, when he had just come down from seeing Sarah, I think that she did great. She was bubbly. She was happy. She was goofy. And they had a, a sweet little date where they talked about previous relationships. So she's had one because she's 22 and it was probably her high school boyfriend who broke up with her after graduation. Then you had um, him say, Matt James said, I've had a serious relationship and it ended a year ago. Now, my yeah. theory is, remember how in one of the season previews, it shows the girl from uh, Colton season coming oh, back, yeah. the virgin yeah. girl, and yeah. that she knows Matt James. Well, I think, yeah, because he's been, I was, first of all, I expected him to say, and I broke up with Tyler Cameron. Um, because those two, I mean, have you seen some of those the pictures of them? They're, I mean, they're best friends. I know. Yeah, they're just buddies. Um, so my guess is that they're all hanging out together and he's part of, part of the group, you know? So yeah. maybe he's met some of these five new women, um, yeah. including the, the virgin that's never been, she, she never said she was a virgin. She just said she'd never been kissed. Right. So, and that's what, well, look, on any other show, I think the one assumption would follow the other, but here. Yeah, hmm. You never know. You never yeah. know. What do you think about Serena P? I think she looks like Matt James' sister. I think they look oh. a lot alike. Okay. I, they look related to me, but no, I thought um, there was a little bit of um, sympathy for her because I felt like his mind wasn't all in the date. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like he engaged her. He said some nice things to her. I think she's really nice. And I was telling this some guy, I'm like, man, they've really got higher quality candidates this uh, last last couple of seasons. They're vetting these people a little bit more. And I, I appreciated that. But she seemed like a really nice, genuine, attractive, fun girl. She was um, she wasn't mousy or shy on mm -mm. the date. She was fun. I, I thought yeah. that they were pretty cool. And also I would um, that would be a good date. I would enjoy a date like that. The horseback riding and stuff. Although I hate picnics. Why? Because <laughs> they suck. Like you're uncomfortable. Are you? Got to lug all the stuff. Yeah, I like to sit in a chair when I okay. eat. Okay. <laughs> I don't like to sit on the ground. Um, you know, like a construction worker. I want to, you know. And she also construction like, workers sit on those beams high above the city. <laughs> That's where they eat their lunch. Okay, a landscaper. <laughs> How's that? I just, I don't like pick, picnics are annoying. You've never too. taken Mrs. Some Guy on a picnic? Um, no, we, we, we did. Like, um, at the, remember the place we got married? When you were wooing um, When I, we, Yeah, remember the place we got married, the yeah. vineyard where we got married? Mm -hmm. we, we did do a picnic there once. Um, but I do want to say that we later retired to the, that big deck with the rocking chairs too, <laughs> because I complained about the picnic. <laughs> did you have a charcuterie board? We did actually. What did I, you put on your charcuterie board? I actually like um, I like various cheeses on my charcuterie board. Um, uh -huh. Some nuts are always nice to put on the charcuterie board, and then um, what do they call the fancy fancy uh, bacon uh, the the bacon stuff prosciutto that, uh, prosciutto prosciutto. Um, I like a salty salami and perhaps uh -huh. a pepperoni, um, and then. 
if uh, if you're in Texas, you got to have some sort of spicy something or other. So like some spicy nuts or maybe some peppers, Jerky. some pepperoncinis or some mm. jalapenos, you know, something oh. to spice it up a little. And then some crackers. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a baguette? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? That's a great suggestion. Next charcuterie board that I'm throw down will have baguettes on it. Do you put sweet things on your charcuterie board? Um, you know, Mrs. Some Guy is in charge of the charcuterie making in the house. Um, yeah. and she, uh, she usually puts um, some type of um, salted chocolate. Like, okay. Uh, but I don't like chocolate with salt in it. Okay. <laughs> you like your chocolate milky? Yeah, I, I, I could eat, like, if, if you told me that chocolate would sustain me for the rest of my life, that's all I would eat. Really? I love chocolate, chocolate ice cream, chocolate sprinkles on my chocolate ice cream. Chocolate like a Hershey pizza. bar that's just plain chocolate yep, that you put I'll on eat a it. s'more? If, it, if it's chocolate, I'll eat it. I just don't like salt in it. Do you, put, you eat Snickers? Yes. I love chocolate. Anything with chocolate in it, I love. A Hershey Kiss? Yeah, yeah but Hershey Kisses are a little um, anticlimactic for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe do it's you, the shape or something. I don't know. Do you not put fruit on your charcuterie board? Um, that's a good question. Um, I wouldn't prefer it, but um, apples are nice, something to cut the taste. Do you maybe. have any dips like mustards or honeys yeah. or Yeah, sometimes. Or uh, some guy makes uh, various types of dips that I like a spinach dip that's delicious. <laughs> How often are you eating a charcuterie board at your oh, house? Oh, this is some guy's big on the charcuterie really? board. Really? Yes. Like probably, I would say we have charcuterie boards probably two, three times a month. That's like, like so, a meal where you kind of graze on it? Well, no. So we'll like grab a bottle of wine and she'll make a little charcuterie board and we'll sit on the couch and judge people on reality <laughs> TV. <laughs> <laughs> the best is when um, when Mrs. Some Guy watches uh, Naked and Afraid. Yeah. Um, you know, they drop the premise of the show, for those who don't know, is they drop literally two naked people off in like the most harsh jungle you can think of. And they give them like a machete and a fire starter and they have to stay out there for 28 days or 21 mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. And she'll be sitting there with a glass of wine in one hand eating charcuterie. And she'll be like, I can't believe that's the shelter they built. They're never going to last. You <laughs> like, kind of some slack. You're, you're stuffing your face with prosciutto and cheese and wine. And these people are naked. Anyway, I always get a kick out of her. She just sits there and criticizes, like, oh, that's a terrible shelter. It's, I can't believe they can't start a fire. That's so lame. Like, oh, okay, well. <laughs> well, I think Serena P., I think she kind of pulled it together at the end. They're making out in the hot tub. He's, I don't know, she, she, she pokes fun at him for having a turtle as a pet, which he thought was very normal and she thought was odd. And it, I don't know. I think she, she endeared herself to him, but I still question the age difference between the two. Yeah. Of she's them. young, super young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the difference between, you know, it's six years, so 22 or seven years, right? 22 mm -hmm. and 29. Mm -hmm. So the difference between 22 and 29 is infinitesimally different than the difference between say 29 and 36, I you agree. know, just maturity wise. So. I agree. Mm. But she seems to have her, her stuff together. Yeah. She seems nice enough. She yeah. does. She's not a kid. She's not. She's not a kid. And again, she held her own. She could have been all mopey because he, Sarah got some of my time. She didn't even mention it. She was fun. I think everybody likes her. So 
I, I still have her in my top. She was, you know, one of my top four. And I, I, I'm going to still keep her there, I think. But anyway, let's go on to the group date, which was just a hot mess. For those of you who have been around this block for a while, you know that the I Hate Green Beans website adopted a safe word back in 2007 or 9, somewhere around there with Jason's season, Jason Mesnick's season, where the safe word was pineapple. And you say pineapple whenever you see something you're just really uncomfortable with and you wish they'd stop doing. This whole entire date was a big, huge pineapple. It was not just a pineapple. It was a rotten pineapple, I think, because <laughs> the cringing that I started when they Mm-mm. walked into the room and mm-hmm. Ashley Iconetti of all people mm. um, was reading me my uh, Chris Harrison erotica. Yeah. <laughs> not assuage until well after yeah. the end of that date. Yeah. Um, it was incredible. And the mouth on Victoria. Wow. Yes. Whenever Chris Harrison raises his eyebrows and looks over at Ashley Iconetti saying, whoa, that was that was a lot. You know, things are going downhill. To put it in perspective, we walk into this room and Ashley Iconetti is in a shadow and she's reading from Chris Harrison's book, the saucier parts of it. And then the lights turn on. And the first thing I think is, what is she wearing? We talked about this last week, but the high-waisted pants are yeah, atrocious. Like Terrible. They're, they're not flattering. No. You know, like... I don't know why these girls think they are because they are not at all. Yeah. So let's stop that, first of all. But she's there, and she says, you get to create your own erotica based on a fantasy with you and Matt James. And so everybody runs off, and they're essentially writing pornography, I guess, And then they all come back, and then the ladies from the house are the live studio audience, the ones who were not on the date. So each woman gets to go up on, so each woman gets to go up on stage and read aloud what she has written. And thank you to the ABC censor department for all the bleeping. Victoria's was just one whole beep, the whole entire thing. Yeah, I think she really has a talent for um, hardcore pornography. Uh, recitation in public mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the others uh, seemed to embrace it a little bit um, but all of them I was shocked after it said that was so fun I had a great I time I it looked empowering. like it had a lot of life. yeah it looked well that's mm-hmm. a whole other issue I know I, um, I, I think that um, we probably got uh, the cringeworthy moments um, but I thought Victoria's was more of a stand-up routine yes um, she just went for it and in a way I have to respect that yes and all the girls stood up for it, laughing hysterically wiping their tears that's why I think Victoria is kind of inserting herself into the the inner circle now they well, just that's, know that's what... she's the she's here for entertainment Right. Everything she does is for attention. And frankly, I think you would agree with me that I wish she would be funny for attention rather than mean. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. But like you say, everybody was laughing hysterically at it. So I thought it was good. We do have something uh, before I get into this next little bit that I want to end with. We do have um, something that is near and dear to our hearts. Chris's book, The Perfect Letter. Mm-hmm. is you and I, that's when we met Chris Harrison when he wrote yes. this book and came to uh, Barnes & Noble in Austin. Yeah. Do you have your phone with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, check yeah. out the text I just sent you because oh. I was able to locate our picture of Yay. us meeting Chris Harrison. And I sent there it to you. Perhaps it you could post that on your, on your website. 
There it is. Um, I think it's you know, great that I'm holding the front of the book and you're holding the back of the book and Harrison's yeah. sandwiched between us. You're taller than him, by the way. I'm just going to let everybody know that. Um, I am several inches taller than Harrison there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the best um, thing that I can say about that meeting, not only did we meet Chris Harrison and got an autographed copy of his book, but do you remember uh, I invited him to dinner? Yes. <laughs> And he and looked to at me like, meet us as a broken spoke. <laughs> yeah, I said, hey, "Why don't you meet us later? We're gonna go hang out." And he's like, "I have dinner plans." And then uh, the funny part was, like, the day after we found out through Instagram that he had dinner with Brad Womack. Womack, he ditched <laughs> us for Brad. I know. Oh. Horrible. We would have been so much so more. So much more fun. Oh my well, goodness. We're neighbors now, so I got another shot at it. Do so, it. You know. Do it. Yeah. And you can have that picture on hand and then drop my name because he knows me now and he Mm -hmm. thinks I'm awesome but that was really fun because he saw my I was gonna get pretty ticked off they were they were pushing people through the line pretty quickly and so how it works is you have to buy the book which thanks to Mrs. Some Guy she went and did that for us she bought us all books and we got wristbands to come back later that night and then they put a post-it note on the top of your book and you write your name on it so all he has to do is look at the post-it note and say to some guy from Chris Harrison da 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 and I thought uh uh he's barely looking up and then he takes a picture and then you're moving I thought no I need a bigger moment than that so I took my post-it note off so he could, you know, the lady wrote my name and then I took it off and I went up to him and um, I introduced myself and he wasn't really looking at me. And then I handed him. So, you know, my name is freakishly spelled, which helped us out in this instance because he looked at me and he said, you're that girl. And I said, I am that girl. I didn't know what he meant, but I said, yeah, that's me. And he uh, I thought he meant because I had written a review of the book for the Associated Press, and and that's what I told him. And he said, no, you're that green bean girl. And I said, yes, I am. And then yeah. a year later, I asked him to in- endorse my book, and he did on the back. Yeah, it was great. Crazy. Um, do you remember what uh, when he gave his little speech when we were watching in the audience, what, uh, how he talked about the, the book and how he decided to write it? Do you remember that? No. Nicholas Sparks, the oh, yeah. author of The Notebook and so many other uh, wonderful, wonderful romancers, mm. um, talked him into writing a book. Okay. Remember? And so now we were getting ready to um, get autographed with his ghost-written erotica, um, <laughs> filthy, dirty book. And uh, I remember thinking, um, Nicholas Sparks was like, dude, I've written a million of these. Super easy. Look, you start, you start with a cowboy or a Railroad worker, a lumberyard, whatever, whatever he is, he's poor, but he's good looking. He's got a heart enter of gold. The, enter James Marsden or, you know, whoever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's rich. Sure. Then you get a hot girl who loves his, him and his money, but is really uh, enthralled with uh, the secret past she's had with the lumberyard guy. Yeah, because it's just See? all about love. Yeah. And so I, I would imagine that uh, Harrison's book has elements of that, I would believe. Um, you read but... it, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, Why? Well, I think the words waste of time come to mind. uh, It's pretty much that, though, but with letters. Yeah, I'm really really not, I'm not his demo. You know, I'm not not who he's looking to sell books to. That's true. Uh, But what what I thought was, was pretty interesting is that his book is very Nicholas Sparks-ish. It might go 
one half a step beyond. You know, Nicholas Sparks doesn't get too into the sexy times, but they he does write about them, but kind of in a nicer way. Harrison takes it nee, a little bit further. What these girls were doing is not what Harrison's book is about. And again, so many bleeps that we you just have to use your imagination to to fill in the blanks, yeah. which is what I would like to do with you right now. I well, would like I, one more thing before you do. I just want to. Do you remember when when Harrison was announcing the date and he goes, um, uh, "I, Chris Harrison, have curated some of the content of the date." And if you if you play that back, I laughed out loud and watched it again. They pan across the room and you could literally see them processing like, "What does curate mean?" No, no, they didn't. <laughs> yes, they did. But they had to do that because Matt James is a good boy and he would never come yeah. up with a date where they're essentially yeah. now. I also sensed, uh, before I cut you off so rudely, that uh, uh, there was a quiz in my future. Is that correct? Yes. There were so many censors in this date that you had to use your imagination to figure out what they were saying. And so that's that's what I would like to do right now with you is to okay. have, um, you know, like Mad Libs. And so oh. I took some of the uh, sentences that the girls said and I made them into Mad Libs. And so I would like for you, you know what Mad Libs are, right? Of course. Okay, yes. It's the, the 80s game we all used to play where you fill in the blanks and that's how you learned what an adjective and a verb was and a noun. Yep. And it was a funny story. It was just were... a funny story yep. at the end of the thing. So I'm going to ask you um, to give me a few words that are the following. A verb ending in S. A, a plural verb. Mm-hmm. Um, runs. Okay. I'm going to need a, two body parts. I'm going to go with elbow. Okay. <laughs> and um, knee. Good. Good. So the, the, the hinge joints. <laughs> <laughs> I need an interjection. Um, gosh. Okay, I need a two body parts again. Wow, there's a lot of body parts mm-hmm. in this one. I'm going to go with um, head. Yes. And finger. Finger, got it. I'm going to need a number. 60. I'm going to need an adjective. Demure. <laughs> okay, I'm going to need a color. Red. By the way, if if anybody has a psychology, or <laughs> this probably says more about me than I want, I want to know. It's like a Rorschach test over the podcast. I need a plural noun. Um, dogs. Okay. Uh, almost done. I need an adjective and a verb. Uh, adjective would be rusty. Uh-huh. Uh, and the verb what? would be... <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, let's just let's let's go. I said run. Let's go with walk. Okay. Are you ready for? This is what one of the girls said. Yes. Ready? Yes. He runs his elbow, so his knee pushes against me. Gosh, he holds his head <laughs> and his finger. <laughs> Hold on. He holds out his head, and in his finger are sixty demure red dogs it's a rusty day i may have to walk wow Mm -hmm. it was a little anticlimactic there it's kind of nonsense (laughs) 
But <laughs> if you if you fill them, you know, with other words that they use like packing and shock and right. firmly and bulge, there's there's a lot that gets kind of R-rated in that, I think. Yeah. Well, I thank you for using nicer words, knowing what we were doing. You could have gone in an X-rated direction. Well, so I I'm consider that the, growth. I'm afraid of Well, now that... <laughs> hey, now. And now, a moment with Mama. Okay, here goes. Uh, Matt. Yes, Matt. Matt has to be one cool and calm bachelor so far. I think he handled the fainting scene like a true gentleman. And I and I do think he is a is a gentleman. He better he better hold up to that for me. Okay, can y'all still tell that I think he is a good bachelor? <laughs> but I can tell you right now what I didn't like I did not like the showing you how we'll get to know you in bed it's I'm sure it's okay to the the newer generations coming along but I'm from the older generation just call me a prude it's okay I loved the donkey on the one-on-one scene I think he was the star (laughs) yes we had a donkey once but I never got close to him may have been a her I don't even know but uh we did have a donkey, and the donkey did at least uh, scare off the wolves and keep our little baby calves safe. That's all I'm saying about a donkey. This episode, uh, I feel, was just a so-so to me. In fact, in fact, I, I said last night, I think I texted Lindsay and said, I, th- I thought it was boring and slow. Well, I'll just I'll just revert back to a little bit of uh, I think it was just so so you know the drama with Sarah going home that was very painful uh, uh, for her and him I think but at least it wasn't focused on you know who well I'm a say at the end and <laughs> at the end and, and previews of the next episode. The queen is going to come alive, and she is going to oust those gals out, or she's going to cast them into her dungeon, and that will be that. Lastly, I have a funny. I do. I have a funny. You know, when someone yawns, and you have a tendency to yawn, too, (laughs) well... When Matt started hiccuping, I started hiccuping too. Just sitting right here watching it, and I was just going, hm? <gasps> and I, as I said, I'm, hiccup, I'm hiccuping too. What? You didn't think that was funny? See you next time. Thank you, Mama. And thank y'all for listening. I wanted to let you know that we have a bachelor bracket together with amazing folks over at last night's game. I've left a link in the show notes so you can check it out. It's super fun, super easy, and it takes about 30 seconds to fill out. And if you'd like to read a recap of the third episode of Matt James's season, head over to IHateGreenBeans.com for years and years and years of content. 
Remember, one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to review the show on iTunes. It would be an honor if you headed over there and left us your thoughts. Make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter and at Lindsay Ray on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out my real books, Why I Hate Green Beans, and It's a Love Story. You can find them wherever books are sold. They are not saucy. Y'all stay safe, have courage, and be kind out there. Until we're together again, love you, mean it. Texas forever. Texas forever.